Welcome to Commending and Contending, a podcast of the Gospel Coalition Australia. I'm your host, Jonathan Holt. The Gospel Coalition Australia exists to encourage and assist Australian Christians to remain convinced of the truth and power of the gospel, to commend and contend for the gospel in our lives and our ministries, and to foster connections between individuals, churches, and other ministries so that we can most effectively advance the gospel in Australia. Joining me today in this episode is website writer and head of operations, Sarah Kazwadi. Welcome to the episode, Sarah. Thanks for the opportunity. It's great to be here. Uh, now, tell us a little bit about yourself so we can meet you before we hear from you today. Sure. Well, I live in Brisbane with my family. We originally came from Sydney and we said that we'd be here for about two to three years, but it's now been over 15 and we go to a growing Christ-centred church and we host a Bible study at our place each week. I work TGCA in operations and God has equipped me with skills that enable me to be good at running with an idea and making things happen. I'm quite task oriented and I find completing things highly satisfying and I really enjoy crossing things off my list each day. When I have free time, which is fairly rare, I really enjoy reading, writing, walking my dog, being outside in the sunshine and having coffee and cake. And Sarah, how has God been encouraging you recently? Um, my Bible study has been really encouraging. Earlier in the year, I wrote an article uh, that was published on the TGCA site about how good it is when brothers and sisters in Christ sit together discussing God's word, talking together and openly sharing our lives with one another and wrestling with what God has to say to us. We host the group at our house uh, and I really enjoy at the beginning of the night seeing how people in the group are inter interested in my kids and engage them in discussions and ask them questions and their opinions and challenge them on things. Uh, if I said the same thing to my kids, they would probably dismiss it or it would have a limited effect. But coming from an adult that they think of highly or someone that is cooler than their mum, which is not a very high benchmark, can have a big influence on kids. So I would encourage people um, to be that person to your friend's kids' lives as it really makes a difference and it's also super encouraging to the parents as well as well. It is such a lovely encouragement, isn't it? When the church family works like family and encourages and spurs one another on in that area. Mm. Now, I know, Sarah, in one of your articles on our TGCA website, you uh, courageously revealed that you're an introvert. And sometimes people have this kind of perception that introverts don't really like people. And that surely must make it hard to commend and contend for the gospel. Are we on the right track with this opinion about introverts? Well, yes, I did reveal that. And what I would say is that God has made us all unique. And in that range, there are some people who are extroverts and then there are some people who are introverts. And there's actually like a whole spectrum within it. And yeah, as you said, I'm introvert and I say that completely unapologetically as I think that there are some misconceptions about introverts. Being an introvert doesn't mean that I don't like people or that I want to permanently hide away from the world and not engage with others. Instead, it means that I don't get my energy from being around people, I'd say, outside of my family. Extroverts, on the other hand, get their energy from being around people and they seek that out and they often don't like to be alone. Knowing that I'm an introvert, I prepare when I'm going to be around a lot of people and have multiple, multiple conversations. 
For example, often on Sundays after church, when I've spoken to many people and tried to check in with various friends and pastoral concerns, my head is buzzing and I'll need a rest. So what this means is that I try to plan out my Sunday afternoons to make sure that there's a small pocket of time where I can have a sleep or read for a bit to recuperate and decompress. And this gives me energy to do other things that I'm involved in later in on Sunday in the afternoon or the evening. I also do this when I have a conference or big events. And people who know me well will not try to overschedule me as well. Uh, for example, at the end of the um, national conference that we had last year in Melbourne, our company, our company secretary, Louise, who I might add is my favourite colleague, said in her enthusiastic, beautiful, extroverted self, uh, now that the conference is over and the cleanup's done, want to hang out? And then she looked closely at me and saw that my eyes were tired and my hands were actually starting to shake and my brain was at capacity and quickly and super kindly changed the plans later that evening so that I could have some downtime and also what I call process time before we met for dinner. After having time to rest and process time, we had a lovely dinner together followed by a walk around Melbourne to get some gelato. And it's a really fond memory of mine. To introverts, in terms of commending and compending the gospel, I would say that it's, it's important to see how your friends are doing and also meet new people at church and be brave. And being an extrovert, and sorry, being an introvert is not an excuse to not do these things. But I fully acknowledge that it takes a lot of energy for introverts to be able to do them. As Christians, we want to commend and contend for the gospel. But to do that well, I would suggest that introverts need to be prepared. Somewhat controversially, my gut feeling is that Jesus was an introvert. We often see in the gospel that when he's been with many, many people, for example, after the multiplication of the loaves in Mark 6, then um, verse 46, it says he left the people and went up onto the mountain to pray. So he just wanted to get away from everyone for a little bit of time. And in this moment, I completely understand how he felt. He was peopled out. Sometimes as introverts, you can feel less connected as there might be too many things on and you're not sure if you can manage all of them. So I want to recommend to pray about it. And maybe you don't go to all of them. By serving in your church, this gives you plenty of opportunities to do things one-on-one -on -one with people. And if, for example, you're helping with setup, you've got a job to do and you can start talking with people about that rather than feeling overwhelmed. Serving, serving helps us to connect with others. And I guess I want to encourage introverts to not cop out on this, rather prepare so that you can. Often on Saturday nights or before a big day at work with many meetings, I make sure that I'm not up too late so that I feel rested. As a middle-aged mum, it's not as though I have a raging social life, but I want people to understand that there are small decisions that you can make beforehand that can really help you to have energy that you need for the next day. I often pray that God would give me the energy that I have, that I need to have the hard conversation with people and sustain me when I'm feeling overwhelmed with all the things uh, that are going on. But as introverts, or in fact extroverts, as God's people, we need to go to church and be part of that serving team to commit to Bible study and show up. Just ensure that you're prepared beforehand. I love the way that you've really thought through what might be involved in preparing well. And uh, just it rings true for me that process time that a lot of uh, what we work on as introverts happens inside our heads, uh, apart from people as we're recharging. Uh, what are some of the ways that uh, you've found as you, you've looked to process stuff that God has helped you 
uh, in thinking through ways that you're really well prepared and responding well uh, to those sisters and brothers with their pastoral needs? Yeah, well, I often um, write stuff down. So um, when I am having a quiet time, I write stuff that I um, want to pray through down. And I find that helps me to think about different people and also be sort of praying specifically for them. And you can also look at it and then sort of refer back. Um, it's also quite a beautiful encouragement when you see um, something that you were praying for, for a friend that um, God has answered. Um, that's a really encouraging uh, tool from having the journal, being able to see the way that God is at work. And um, it also is a good reminder to keep um, praying for that person and, um, and keep encouraging them and, and persevering. Yeah, absolutely. And um, if you could kind of just sit all the extroverts down and give them a bit of advice about how they could love their more introverted sisters and brothers, what would you like <laughs> to be able to tell them? I think I would say um, uh, being an introvert is nothing less. Uh, everyone is created in, in God's image and it's Good that we're not all extroverts because we need people to be listening or people to be thinking or people who process things through thinking for a long time about them before share them. Uh, so that's why God has made us all different and I am very thankful for that. Uh, and, and the other thing yeah, I'd say to them as well is as an introvert, we love extroverts. It's not like it's us and them or anything like that. It's just different ways that people get energy and that's perfectly fine. Now, is there a resource at the Gospel Coalition Australia website that you'd like to recommend for us? Yeah. So uh, we're fortunate to have a number of very clever writers. God has really blessed these people with the ability to write in a way that encourages Christians and helps with contending for the gospel. Last year at our national conference, we invited Chris Watkin to lead a seminar on understanding culture and how the gospel intersects with it. This was fabulous. He's a really smart guy who's done a lot of deep thinking and researching into culture and also the gospel. But he writes in a way that's clear and easy to digest, uh, and I find that really interesting. So I would recommend or I would commend articles by him um, as being really good and useful to read. And he has also done the bulk of the hard work for us by writing it in a clear and articulate way. We spoke with Chris Watkins in episode three of Commending and Contending. Here's a small sample of some of the things he had to say. Time and time and time again in the Bible, uh, God um, doesn't God doesn't do things because He's faster. He's He's a God of overflowing, superabundant grace, and that has the power to shape a whole way of being in the world for Christians. You know, God, God didn't make the world because he needed to. There was no necessity, no logical uh, sort of um, iron chains of reason, meaning that he had to create the world. He didn't have to choose Noah. There's that amazing verse, is it Genesis 6, sort of around verse 4 or something, that, that Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord. And it's like for any reader of Genesis at that point, where on earth did that come from? Like nothing has prepared us for that. That is radically not necessary. 
you know, we should be we should be seeing the end of the world at this point. It's all gone wrong. Like, where did that come from? You know, he didn't need to promise to Abraham in the, in the lavish, excessive way that he does in Genesis 15. Uh, and he most certainly did not need um, to die on the cross for us. He did it, you know, John says in his gospel, because he loved us. And this rhythm again and again and again of, of God acts not out of some calculating necessity, but out of a, a, an overflow of superabundant love, it gives you a whole sense of reality, a whole sense of the world about what this world is about and how we as Christians are to try and live in it. This podcast is made by the Gospel Coalition Australia. You can help us by sharing this episode with your friends or uh, people at church, your Bible study group. And you can also help by going to our website and making a donation to TGCA to grow the networks of Australian voices speaking the gospel to Australians.